podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Anxious Black Belt Podcast. I'm Les Bubka. And in this episode, I would like to share with you my short interview with Tommy Joe Moore. Tommy is a highly respected martial artist and he does uh, historical reconstruction of Bartitsu and his take on it. Uh, he's heavily involved in combatives. Um, his passion is World War II combatives uh, that we just done seminar called Fight Like Your Granddad. Tommy is uh, supporting a Ukrainian army. He just come back from Ukraine training them. He's also an author of several books that you can find links to them down below and Tommy's website as well. Uh, we done an awesome seminar where we looked not only as hand on the hand-to-hand combat, but also we uh, deep-dived into history. We had the chance to look different weapons from the era and a little bit of a history on them, how they come about, why they've been built that way. Uh, we done some training exercises, um, preparing the room for a German invasion. So it was lots of fun. And those who train with Tommy know how funny he is. His um, jokes and uh, sense of humor is just uh, on the another level. So let's listen to a short ad and then I hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Les Bubka, and today we uh, are with Tommy Joe Moore, uh, looking at a World War II combatives. Um, that was seminar in uh, Guildford. Tommy, yeah, it's been absolutely my pleasure today. To, we've raised a little bit of money for the British Legion. We've done about three and a bit hours of World War II combatives, as taught to soldiers and spies during the Second World War. Everyone was great. Different mix of experiences here, and we all got hands on and played with stuff that saved people's lives. Mm-hmm. And we raised some money for a British Legion, which is always great. Um, how did you get uh, get into the World War Two and martial arts overall? So martial arts, my first martial art, and my continued love is boxing. I've always loved boxing. I'm from a gypsy traveller family, which means that culturally boxing is really important because it's cheap and your mum can kick you out drop you off at five and pick you up at nine. So it's really good value for them. Um, and I really loved it. It really resonated with me. Over the years, I picked up things like judo, lots of different martial arts, Muay Thai. And I really love just bringing them together. Because I love history so much, I thought one great way to honour the, the living memory of people who trained in World War II was to really put together the syllabus. The syllabus, the materials are out there. They're really accessible. Put them into communities, get it into schools, martial arts clubs, women's groups, children's groups, everything in between, so they can feel and see and touch and try World War II combatives. And it's a big passion of mine to keep that alive in their memory. So, Tommy, is that you're doing this for a living? You're supporting charity? What is the um, target for you and where are you taking your martial arts? As anyone watching this knows, it is very difficult to make a good living with martial arts unless you commit yourself fully to teaching in big academies and lots of children and so on. And, and as much as I really appreciate and value grassroots martial arts, I think it's very important that there's places for children to go to. You know, I do have a normal job and I do have a normal life when I work in advertising. But what that allows me to do, it gives me the time and ability to put a lot of effort into spreading martial arts and the type of things that I like to bring to life around the country. So typically I teach World War II combative seminars. I teach Bartitsu seminars, which are about the martial arts of Victorian England. 
and I also teach modern self-defense and self-protection. Those are the three core things I do. Outside of what I do for me personally, which is I still compete as a boxer, um, but for me, I teach so many seminars. I do lots of online teaching. I've got my books, which I put out there. My aim is to, to, to do it more often, more frequently, to put more of me out there. Um, as some of the people watching might know, I've only recently come back from Ukraine, teaching soldiers out there some of this stuff. And I, I want to keep that going, but I don't want to lose the passion. If it becomes too much of a business, I may lose the, 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 the passion for it. What I like is the good instructor should rock up to a studio, get people engaged, energized, and that gives them momentum to keep on exploring and trying. And at the moment, I'm at a really good point in my life where I can balance being able to look after myself and make a living wage and go to places all over the country and all over the world and spread a bit of love and spread a bit of martial arts. And if I can do that, it's a job well done. So today we're focused on the combat this World War II. Um, is there a version for young people or is it strictly for adults? So I do teach children on request and for me it's about the mental acumen of those children. Are they intelligent enough to understand the context in what we're doing? And I, I don't want to put a hard age, you know, because some eight-year-olds are very intelligent and can understand the context and some 14-year-olds don't have the emotional capacity to understand it. But for me, with adults or children, I really like to teach already experienced martial artists. I think it's very important that these things are fun and interesting in a way to explore. But you should always have your day-to-day. -day. Your karate, your boxing, your judo, your muay thai, you know, these are things that you should be doing. So if people ask me, should I get my child into World War II combatives, my answer really would be, get your kid into judo, get them into boxing, get them into muay thai, whatever, and then sprinkle a bit of this stuff on afterwards. And I say that for all combatives. It's good to be aware of knives, gang groups, fighting on transport and even environments, that really is important, but there is great value in just your normal grassroots study of martial arts, way more than self-protection, self-confidence, self-belief, the ability to articulate yourself well, that really matters. So yes, I do teach children, I love teaching children and getting them passionate about it, and for the World War II stuff, they love dressing up and getting into the gear, and that matters, so if I can instill a bit of love of martial arts and a bit of love of history, that matters. Mm -hmm. But what really matters to me is they take that and do something with it. They go join a club, they go read, they go research, they speak to old people, they do all that stuff. That, that matters to me personally. I think you've got to take it case by case. Um, and I think it's a real honour and privilege. The people that do teach children and do it really well, it's phenomenally important. Grassroots martial arts really has a soft spot in my heart because that changes lives of communities for good. And, and that matters. And that's why you know, people like Les, I think it's fantastic that he does what he does. Thank you. So as you know, Tommy, we're doing a lot of work for charities. We're raising money every year for Courage for Mental Health and other charities. I'm aware that you work with different charities, like today we raise money for British Legion. Um, could you tell us more about that, that side of your work? I think that if you can, if you've got the ability, I don't begrudge anyone that makes their living of teaching martial arts, because if martial arts instructors can't make a living, they can't make a difference. So I want to be very clear that it can't all be philanthropic. And it shouldn't be all philanthropic. If you've got a trade and a craft that you invest in, you should be able to live from that. Um, for me, I'm very fortunate in that my normal job allows me to do that living, which means that martial arts is a big passion project of my life. And it means I can dedicate a bit more time to doing it for charitable purposes and philanthropic stuff. But that's only because I can. Um, I really love it. I, I believe that martial arts has the power to bring together lots of different people of different walks of life. And that offers up opportunities for volunteering, supporting. Not everything has to be volunteer, giving money, giving time, giving expertise. You know, Les is doing karate for mental health. 
Um, I'm an ambassador for martial artists with autism, and there's lots of charities that I'll support. You know, it's not that I ambassador for just one. It's really situationally dependent on what people need. Like I'm a member of Gloves Up, Knives Down, which is about supporting boxing in areas affected by knife crime. You know, each of those charities has a different place in my heart. But I think, as a martial artist, I think it's important for me to try and do some change for good. On my gravestone, on my epitaph, I want that Tommy Moore made a difference. Not Tommy Moore was good at punching people in the head, but Tommy Moore made a difference. And if I can do that, and I can bring together different martial artists, and I can attend things and raise money and support people, even down to sharing the posts of other people that are doing charitable stuff, every little action makes a difference in people's lives. And the martial arts community is so powerful when it comes together, when it does things for charity, it does it really well, better than most of the hobby and interest groups I can be aware of. Martial artists, when they play nicely together and work nicely together, they can make an amazing interest. Because if you add all those different systems together, we're one of the world's biggest hobbies, mm. one of the world's biggest interest groups. And if we can leverage that power to raise money, make societal differences, we've all done a good job. And I've met most martial artists I know will always, if people can't afford to pay for lessons, they will still help support those people. You know, if communities need help, food banks, support, old lady needs moving, whatever, I know most martial arts clubs will be willing to help. There are very few martial arts clubs I know of that wouldn't help their community. I think it's fantastic for communities. And when centres are closed and things are shut down and clubs don't operate, that's very bad. So whatever people can do to keep grassroots martial arts alive helps raise money for charity, change communities, change lives for the better at all ages and all areas of society. So I believe it's an important bit of all martial arts. And I think, to be honest, most good martial arts martial artists do it already. I think it's just a natural part of, if you give your time as a sensei or instructor, mm -hmm. you're most likely to give your time to support people in need. Very true. Tommy, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for your time. Uh, I know we booked on a couple of seminars together as well. Um, and, you know, it was a fantastic time for us and I hope uh, everything's going to go well for you and you're going to be that superstar of martial arts. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs> I just want to say as well, thank you, Les, for putting this on. And I really have to encourage people to go to Karate for Mental Health because it makes a big difference to people's lives. As much as I'm ashamed to admit it, I've got a big soft spot in my heart for karate people <laughs> and what they do. And uh, what Leslie's doing with Karate for Mental Health is phenomenal. So Google it, Facebook it, get in touch, support it. You'll make a difference. I think that was a fantastic interview. I hope that you uh, took some value of it and you enjoyed it. If, if you did... Uh, I would like to ask you for a little support if you could share this episode um, like and you know promote it that would be great greatly appreciated if you would like to uh, see the full footage of uh, that seminar uh, we've got a karate video library which you can find in the links below or on www.lesbuka.co.uk and you can subscribe to our library we've got over 70 videos at the moment with of different categories from coaching to hand-on-hand -hand, um, combat seminars and lots of other things. Thank you for listening and I catch you up on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.